Welcome. How's everybody doing today? Happy Resurrection Sunday. Amen. And uh, I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm Pastor Landon, if you're new with us. And um, I just want to say welcome. Glad you're here. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to speak for a few minutes um, about this idea of doubt to belief. Has anybody ever doubted anything before? Oh, a lot of believers. Okay. I've doubted a lot. Oh, I don't know if you can do that or you can do this. But what I want to do is I want to read um, this, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into the message. But if you want to open up, if you have a Bible with you today, if you want to open up your Bible to Mark uh, chapter 16, verses 1 to 7. And this is what we're celebrating today. We're not celebrating eggs and Easter bunnies. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? And all of those other things are fine and dandy, but we can't lose focus on the most important part of the day, and that's Jesus. It says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, mother, uh, Mary the mother of James and uh, Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus. Very early on the first day of the week, Sunday, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. They say it could have been at least a ton as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white sitting on the right side as they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus of Nazare the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you that we can come together and celebrate the biggest event for mankind that has ever taken place was that you resurrected from the grave, taking, giving us the opportunity for us to have a relationship with you, for our sins to be forgiven, for us to have access to the throne room of heaven by way of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Have you ever had a nickname before? Anybody have a good nickname? Like, oh, that was a good nickname. Anybody ever make their own nickname? Come on, be honest. You're like, oh, I want everybody to call me this. That's not a nickname. That's... That's an imaginary friend. <laughs> but um, I've lived in the South a long time, and I love the nicknames here. Have you ever heard any of them? Little Bit, Bubba, Sissy, Sugar, Baby, Sweetie Pie, and then it gets into foods, okay? Honey Bun, <laughs> right? Cornbread. Dumplin, my, my favorite, and I think I added this. Okay, this is my, um, I added this pork chop. 
tiny munchkin junior youngin bug and bug we have some nicknames in Canada I'm from Canada don't hold that against me but we have some nicknames uh, in Canada moose I think this is feeding back a little bit moose midoki if you go to Newfoundland they're gonna call you midoki that means that's an endearing thing like my dear <laughs> or bye not not boy but bye can you say that with me oh that's good that's good you did it and and my favorite that I call everybody growing up was buddy buddy so maybe you have some nicknames where you came, come from. Maybe you are a nickname. But have you ever heard of these famous, now, these famous nicknames? I have some nicknames, too. You want to hear my nicknames? The number one nickname, it was like from the time I was born, was Lanny. Lanny. And then, um, this is my favorite one growing up. A lot of people called me Big Guy. <laughs> like... I like that. I like that. And then uh, I had a new one when I moved here, Smalls. So big guy to Smalls. I don't care what you call me. Um, but I wonder if you can name these people. The king of rock and roll. The king of pop. See, you know these. Mr. October. Anybody know him? Reggie Jackson. Smoking Joe Frazier. The great one. Wayne Gretzky, uh, yeah. Ollie, that was Ali calling himself that. That's not a nickname. Mean Joe Green, the mailman. Anybody know who the mailman is? Carl Malone. There's a hockey one, Maurice the Rocket Richard. Air, Shoeless Joe Jackson. And then there's the famous one, Babe Ruth, the Sultan of Swat. The Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout. The Great Bambino. Listen, there's a lot of nicknames, isn't there? But what if you had a nickname that surpassed you and went on for generations and generations and it wasn't a good one? Like the Doubting Thomas. Have you ever heard of this guy? That's who we're going to talk about today. The Doubting, he's had this name, and we've, listen, you all knew it. The Doubting Thomas, you've heard about this guy. After the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus showed up to all of his disciples, except for one. Ten of them were together, all right? Remember, Judas is gone. <laughs> so there was 11, ten of them were there. Guess who wasn't there? Thomas, Why? Because he was doubting. All of the disciples were in this room, and Jesus showed up. He said, peace be with you. And Thomas missed it. Have you ever missed it before? Like, ah, oh, I should have been there. Let's look at the scripture here. Look at this. John 20, 19 to 20. On the evening of his first, the first day of the week, Sunday, right? We just talked about it. This is 
what we all call now Easter Sunday, what we all call Resurrection Sunday, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. Isn't it amazing that the resurrected Jesus still had scars on his hands and his side? Why? I think that someday when we're in heaven, we can remember the sacrifice. That his disciples would say, that's the one, that's Jesus. We saw him on the cross, we saw him be put in the grave, and we saw him, the resurrected Christ. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. What a moment, right? What a moment to be there. Just 10 of them locked in fear. They had fear. And guess what Jesus shows up and says? Peace. You know that when Jesus shows up in your life, things that were fearful turn into peaceful. Maybe a lot of you came in today and said, man, my life doesn't look right right now. I need to get to church on Easter. I'm a creature. I'm one of those Christmas and Easter people. You're like, it's not me, Pastor Landon. I came a couple weeks ago, too. Thomas wasn't there. He missed it. I want to spend a couple moments today and share that Thomas isn't much different than you and me. So my first idea today, if you want to write this down somewhere, put it in your phone so you can remember it when you go home. Like, I cannot believe the pastor preached on Thomas on Easter. You're going to tell all your friends. The first one is, people are emotionally complex. You ever notice that? Out on 27? People are emotionally complex. It's easy to think of bravery as a trait that we might always have. Or kindness that we always possess. But at the same time, we can be brave in one moment. Guess what? We're complex individuals, aren't we? We can have doubt in other situations. We can run into a burning building and save somebody. But the following week, we can doubt that life is going to go the way God intended it to go for you or for me. We're complex individuals, aren't we? We live in a complex culture. Sometimes we have faith. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's more difficult to have faith. When Jesus told the disciples he was heading back to Judea to see Lazarus. Remember the story? We went through the Gospel of John for 26 weeks. You've got to go back and watch or listen to some of them. Well, remember the story of Lazarus? Lazarus was dead for four days and Jesus was like, okay, we're going to finally get there at some point. <laughs> and he wanted to go back. The disciples were fearful because the Jews there had tried to stone him. But guess who pipes up? 
and we read it in Scripture in John. Look at John eleven sixteen. Look what Thomas says. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, do you know that Thomas was probably a twin? That's what the that's what his name means. He may have been a twin. You're like, whoa, it'd be kind of cool to see who his twin is. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. Right? He sounds kind of like Braveheart here, doesn't he? So imagine if we just took Thomas's nickname from just this scripture. What would we call him? Thomas the Brave. Right? We'd paint his face blue. Right? We'd, we'd run, we'd go anywhere with Thomas, wouldn't we? Thomas the brave. When all the other disciples were telling Jesus, no, 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 we can't go to where Lazarus is. They're going to hurt you. They're going to put you on a cross. They might stone you. Thomas is like, no, 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 no. We will fight. We will go. And guess what? They went. Lazarus was healed, and it was an amazing story. You'd think after that, Thomas would have a pretty good reputation, wouldn't he? But then not too much longer, Thomas is the only one after the resurrection that isn't together with the disciples. The disciples were huddled together in a room, fearful and Thomas maybe was even more fearful, and he was doubting because he had just seen the atrocity of the cross. And he might have fell off the wagon with who knows what kind of lifestyle he had before he met Jesus. You never know. I'm adding that idea. And I'm saying it's not in the Bible. But who knows? We don't know what happened to Thomas for that week. And they got to see something that Thomas didn't see, that Thomas refused to believe. Thomas's moment of bravery didn't entirely define him. Can I tell you this? Your one moment in life doesn't define you. Thomas's moment of doubt did not define him. You hear me? That moment, that good one, that bad one does not define you. Guess who defines you? Jesus. He gives you hope. He gives you life. He defines who you are. He gives you an identity. We are emotional, aren't we? Number two, everybody say two. Jesus cares about our sincere questions. Does anybody have a question for Jesus? You're like, you're reading through the Bible, like, I don't know. And when you get to heaven, you're like, I've got this question. Or maybe you've written it down. You're like, I'm, I've got all these questions. Do you know that Jesus cares about your questions? And he is okay with you asking them, even now. We all have questions. And Jesus answers and listens to them even now. I've talked about it a little bit last week, but people talk about Jesus in past tense, even in the church. 
And, and people talk about Jesus as one of something, like a king. No, 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 no. He's the king. Language is important, isn't it, when we talk about Jesus? And that he is resurrected. He's been alive. He went, he went to the grave for three days. And guess what? He's been alive since then and doing things among the earth. Not too much longer, 50 days later, guess what he did? He sent the Holy Spirit. And now Jesus' spirit, okay, he was there physically with his disciples. And he's like, how are we going to grow this thing? I'm going to send my spirit. Now my spirit can be with everybody every day. Amen? So let's look at here. Earlier in the book of John, we see Jesus getting disciples and us ready for what is about to happen. Let's look at this together. John 14, verses 1 to 4. It says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I not have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I like how Jesus makes sure he covers every base. Because some of us, we're kind of like, we're a little bit thick up here a little bit, aren't we sometimes? You're like, well, if he goes to prepare a place for me, what's that mean? Well, he's going to tell you. You want to see it? I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way, the place where I'm going. Then Thomas asked the question we all want the answer to. Right? Remember, we're still talking about Thomas. We're talking about this idea that God cares, Jesus cares about our questions. And if we ask, guess what he'll do? He'll answer. And sometimes it's not the answer we want, is it? Should I marry so-and-so? No. No. <laughs> they don't follow Jesus. <laughs> Should I date so-and-so? No. They don't have a job. They need to get a job first. They need to move out of their mom's house. I was going to say basement. There's no basements in Florida. So Thomas asks a question. John 4, literally the next verse. Jesus says, I know the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus is like, oh, this is, a, this is a good question. This is going to be in the Gospel of John forever. And it's one of the most famous scriptures of all time. And why? Because Thomas was okay with asking a question. Be okay with asking a question. You want to know the answer? Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen? Aren't you glad Thomas asked how to get there? Jesus answers, I am the way. We, you shouldn't be ashamed of your questions. Asking for clarifications can lead to new insights and breakthrough in your life. Why do we pray? 
It's not about us just talking to God for an hour. We should stop talking and we should listen because Jesus will answer us. Amen? Woo! Number three. And I think I have four points today. Number three, look at this. Being part of a community matters a lot. (laughs) You like how I did that? I had like gave you some space. A lot. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. A lot. Being part of a community matters a lot. When Jesus appears to the disciples, Thomas is absent. They have no idea where the guy is. After seeing the Lord, they run to tell Thomas. It's like, we got to find Thomas. Jesus is back. Our other disciples not here. Our buddy, our friend, we've done ministry with him for three years. Where is Thomas, the brave? Who knows, his nickname could have been the brave back then. Really? He was like, remember Thomas, the guy who, who asked Jesus the question? Remember Thomas? Any Thomases in here today? They're like, I'm not putting my hand up. We need to go tell Thomas. And we see, we start understanding that Thomas is having a hard time because he just saw what happened to Jesus. And he's like, but Jesus told us he was going to go prepare a place for us. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And now he's gone, according to Thomas, right? He's MIA. Can we fault Thomas? I don't think so. He's having a hard day. Do you have a hard day sometimes? Yeah. Someday you're just like, I want to take the day off. I just need to have a day off. It isn't Jesus' intention that we follow him in isolation. Thomas is on his own. Maybe the enemy starts whispering in his ear, well... That's the end of that good thing. What if he would have been there, connected, gathering with the other disciples at church, at New Hope on Sundays, at New Hope on Wednesdays, being encouraged, being part of the body of believers? And they would have this amazing shared experience, wouldn't they? That Jesus showed up in the middle of their fear. You know that Jesus shows up in the middle of your fear? You've got the doors locked. Guess what? No door is going to stop Jesus from showing up in your life. It doesn't matter if it's locked He will show up in your life. And it's important that we have others around us. Look what it says in in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Listen, I grew up riding horses. 
Guess what cowboys wear and cowgirls wear? Spurs, right? And you don't, you don't kick a horse with a spur. You just kind of just ever so slightly. And if they're having a bad day and their name is Coco, you might just, Lindsay knows who Coco, the horse Coco is. You might just destroy Coco with that spur. Spur each other on. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What day is approaching? The, the second coming of Christ. Right? If he came the first time, he did what he said he was going to do in the Old Testament. Don't you think he's going to continue his promises? I agree. Thomas was not, you, you know what though? You notice that Thomas wasn't criticized for not showing up to the meeting? I remember, <laughs> um, I remember back in the day when we were at the little building, I remember someone coming into church and one of the greeters was like, where have you been? <laughs> Why haven't you been here? <laughs> I, I would gently, I later on I said, listen, um, let's welcome people when they show up. Let's not criticize them. They're here now. You know, they're, at, they're, they're doing their thing, okay? So Thomas wasn't criticized, but guess what? They ran to him and said, here's the good news. Guess what? We don't be like, see someone at Walmart, where have you been? You haven't been in church in a while. <laughs> church attendance doesn't get you into heaven. Amen. Jesus does. He is the way. Church is great. Come to church. Go to church. Find a good church. This is a good one. There's lots of great churches around. Get involved, but don't let just saying, well, I went to church on Sunday. Jesus is what gets you that eternity in heaven with him. But he did miss out on that first appearance. All right, here's the last one. Everybody say the last one. Number four. Jesus is God. A week after Thomas expresses his uncertainties, right? He has his, he has his thing with, with the disciples. He said, listen, unless I can touch the scars, I'm not believing. Unless I see him, I'm not believing. Jesus appears to the disciples again. Don't you like second chances? Isn't that awesome? Thomas gets a second chance. Look at the scripture. It's almost identical to the one I just read you. It's a couple verses later. Look at this. Verse 24, Thomas is like, I need to show up next Sunday. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to show up to the meeting next Sunday because I've heard all this amazing, I heard the good news, I want to see it for myself. And look what, he, look what happens. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, 
unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. This is where we get the nick, his nickname, Doubting Thomas. A week later, right, next Sunday, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Again, almost an identical situation that Thomas missed out on the week before. Thomas gets to experience it even though he wasn't there the first time. I love that Jesus gives us a second chance. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then, verse 27, then he said to Thomas, Thomas, why do you not believe? No, he didn't say that. Look what, look what Jesus does here. And this is what he does in your life, in my life. This is what he's been doing for generations and generations and generations. Not physically for us. But look at this. He says, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Church, stop doubting and believe. Jesus wants to give us a second chance. He wants to answer the questions of our doubt. And he says, believe. It's probably important to recognize the gentleness that Jesus expresses here. He doesn't chastise Thomas. Instead, he addresses Thomas in a way that allows him to believe. And in an instant, everybody say instant. Instant. Let's all do a little snap. This is what an instant sounds like. That's an instant. In an instant, Thomas goes from not believing that Jesus has risen to recognizing that he is God. Jesus is God. And look, here's the verse. Verse 28, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And who knows, maybe he bowed down. My Lord and my God. He went from not believing to doubting to not even being there on the first church service when after Jesus was risen from the grave to questioning. He's like, okay, I'll try again. And he shows up the next Sunday. And wouldn't you know it, Jesus is there again. And he says, my God, my Lord. Thomas walked physically with Jesus for three years. He heard Christ's teaching and saw him perform many 
miracles. And he still struggled with believing. Jesus had risen from the grave after he touched Christ's wounds and responded with words, my Lord, my God. Jesus makes an important comment. And you know what? It's not now for just the people in that room because that was for Thomas. But guess what? He makes a comment to you. You want to hear it? This is for all of us today. Look what it says in verse 29. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they have believed. I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed Blessed are you who have not physically seen him yet believe. Blessed are you that are going to make the decision to follow Jesus today because you have not seen, yet today you feel him calling. You feel that he's knocking on the door and says, hey, would you open it up? I will come in and meet with you. I will be Lord of your life. I will lead, guide, and direct every step. I will fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can have the same power that lives in me that raised me from the grave. Amen? I don't know about you, but that is the good news in a nutshell. Can we stand for a moment before we go? We bow our heads for a minute. Jesus is talking about you and me today. Blessed are those who believe yet they haven't seen. So today, maybe you came in with a nickname. Maybe yours is kind of like Thomas's nickname. But today, Jesus is saying, I want to give you a new nickname. Blessed child of the king. That that old nickname can go away. And the new one can come because you put your faith in Jesus alone from your, for your salvation. Would you bow your heads for a moment? I think some of you today hear Jesus knocking. That's what it says in Revelation, that he's at the door. He's not barging in. He's saying, hey, hey, it's me. Will you open the door to salvation? wants to answer the door today? Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. I've never put my faith in Jesus. I want to follow him today. 
Would you just say that by raising your hand? Say, that is me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Now, there's those of you today also that maybe you closed the door. And maybe you've been living a life that is not honoring to God. And Jesus, guess what? He shows up at your door. Just like he did Thomas, says, hey, got another chance. It's not too late. Maybe there's some of you today that say, I need to put my faith in Jesus again. Would you put your hand up and say, that is me? Amen. Anyone else? Amen. You know, the Bible says that that we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. Guess what that means? You are now a follower of Christ. So in your own words, would you just take a moment and say, Jesus is Lord. I believe it in my heart. I declare it with my mouth. Jesus is Lord. And the Bible says you are saved. Would you do that right now? Lord, I thank you for each individual that said yes to you today. Lord, that their relationship starts with you. The gift of salvation means that we make you Lord of our life. The gift of salvation means, like the Bible says, that we are blessed. And so, Lord, I pray a blessing over those today. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill them today. Lord, that they would call on your name and ask for forgiveness of their sin. In Jesus' name, and the church said. Come on, can we celebrate those who made that decision today?